Hello and welcome to your Divine Uniqueness Show. If you'd like to listen to live episodes and interact with our speakers, you can go to yourdivineuniqueness.com. Your, Y-O-U-R, Divine, D-I-V-I-N-E, Uniqueness, U-N-I-Q-U-E-N-E-S-S.com. Hello everyone, this is Monsef Afkel and thank you so much for being here with us on your divine uniqueness. I'm really happy that um, you are joining us uh, because this this is really, really special call. Um, I always feel so excited whenever uh, Elizabeth Wood um, joins us on the show. Um, and also I, I love how she's, how to say it, how she's able to bring together spirituality and science in a way that um, really helps us to to um, to understand from from uh, from one side like this esoteric and sometimes a little bit um uh, have to say difficult to 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 understand the idea behind um like different topics that we talk about that are related to ascension and um remote viewing and quantum physics and also on the other side like through the words that she shares and the journey that she took take us uh, through the call um like we can feel uh we can feel this like it's more about like not only understanding but also under, uh, experiencing uh, that which um, really help us integrate these uh, information and energies um, so yeah I'm really really excited that she's here with us on the show um, we will be talking today about um, third eye um, and how how can we tap into the um, like the actual energies and that's that's present to us um like great potential and possibilities to to evolve uh, our um our third eye uh so we'll talk about that and how it can can help us in our ascension journey and also uh how it will be reflected in our uh day to day life um so so yeah very very excited about the two fakes today and also uh because elizabeth is here with us today so i would love just um before we start uh, i would love if i can share with you a little bit about elizabeth um so yeah here it is. so elizabeth is is considered as a world class seer um she works on the cutting edge of the remote viewing quantum healing and quantum uh, anthropology with her lifelong ability to see into all dimensions and work with other dimensions of energy her theoretical, theoretical and psychic work has helped people all over the world called the living library oracle and way elizabeth has spent her whole life studying anthropological theory quantum physics ancient and modern medicine and futurism she has two science degrees including a master's in applied anthropology her philosophies and practice practices bridge science and spirituality to support real change in the world um yeah so also um like during the call we will have a q a in it will be in the second part of the call so as always if you are on the phone you can raise your hand by pressing start two and if you are on the webcast page you can um anytime write your questions and also feedback on the question box so so yeah uh with that elizabeth welcome to the show very very happy to have you with us today 
Oh, thank you. I love talking with you, and your beautiful heart space is always so welcoming to everyone. It's a great place for us to get down and get to work on the third eye today, and so that's fabulous. I I really love this subject in particular. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you. Uh, absolutely, absolutely. I totally agree with you. And um, like for me personally, like it's like it's been really a journey. Like um, experiencing that, like the uh, the ability that our third eye can present to us, uh, and and like whenever like I feel just yes, it's 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 getting activated. It's working. Then from uh, with time, it's it's it opens up like new and new fields that's that's I wasn't aware of, and uh, it feels like it's always evolving and taking us to really higher and higher um, consciousness. So um, so I would love if we can start just by talking about like now in these times, like how the energies that we're experiencing are are supporting us. Yes, exactly. So the earth has changed so much. I mean, even from when I was a kid and working with my third eye, trying to learn kind of on my own um, what the third eye was all about, everything's changed and is much more accessible now. So this is really a killer news because the whole earth is embodying much more formless energy. That formlessness is going to really shatter, break down all those different barriers that we might have with our third eyes. And certainly, you know, we want to know, well, what's the reason? Why might we want to buff up our third eye muscle? And it really is a muscle. And, you know, we can do certain things to help that muscle get stronger, and activations can be part of that. But practicing with the third eye is really key. And then being able to notice what blocks you, there's some top pieces that will come up, especially now, because that formlessness that the earth is embodying is going to shake up a lot of different form or structure that might be an issue in your life. So while we're really focusing in on the third eye here, in general, I think people will just want to know, notice that. Notice how certain things will get magnified right now because that formlessness is going to push it to the forefront of your awareness. When it comes to the third eye, there are specific things that will usually block people the most. And one of them is simply not realizing how the third eye works, honestly. Um, To be fair, we've had a lot of really unusual different perspectives on how the third eye functions and one of the ways that people will block that third eye is by accepting the program that the imagination isn't real. That's huge. That program is something quite universal, especially in Western civilization in general, that the imagination isn't real. It's probably one of the most insidious programs out there because that instantly cuts you off from the true gateway of the third eye. So the third eye is a function of the brain mind, and that's the spiritual function of the brain mind. It's the ability to perceive energies inside and out and in all dimensions. Now, 
perceiving energies is one thing, and we do want to strengthen our ability to perceive. We'll get into that and how that might be possible. However, <laughs> it's not the end. It's part of a, a greater systematic reason why we might want to use the third eye. So the third eye is part of our discernment system. We have these three brains, the brain, the heart, and the gut, and they function as true brains and minds of their own. So when we perceive something, that's the first step to discerning. It's not the last step, it's the first and then we can feel into energy from the heart space, and then we go into the gut to check to see if our knowing and our embodiment of that knowledge is correct. So that's a deeper system that is definitely worth mentioning because if we can develop the strength of our third eye to perceive internal and external energy, then we're well on our way to discerning something amazing, which is the truth. And so if you're checking in with your third eye, notice what might come up around the idea that your imagination isn't real. Notice how that might feel in your body. That's a program, and that program blocks you immediately. It shuts your third eye down instantaneously. So how do we shift that program? Well, you'll want to bow to it and say, thank you so much for trying to help me, because that program's there to try to help you function in the matrix system. Now, we don't want to function in the matrix system, so we're going to reprogram our brains right now. So bow to the program and you'd say, thank you so much for trying to help me. I require you to shut down now. I am the soul in charge, and I have a different plan. My plan is to fully embrace the power of my imagination. And then we take a nice deep breath. And just release that program. The imagination is real. It is powerful. It's the function of your brain to perceive all dimensions. This is scientifically proven. The brain itself has 12 dimensional structures, all dimensions available to it. Physically, the brain itself has 12 dimensions of structures. This is new information that we've received over the past year from science. So this actually backs us up quite a lot. It says, hey, the brain not only has literally 12 dimensions of structures, but that also points to the fact that its ability to tap into reality is a multidimensional function. That's yeah. amazing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and that's that's really important. So that is what we are replacing, that false belief, immediately in the third eye. We're replacing it with, hey, the 12 dimensions of this reality, of this universe, are totally accessible to me in a very physical way. So when I say then that the third eye has a function internally and externally, that's really interesting because a lot of people will have blocked their ability to perceive the external because they've been told it's just your imagination, it's not real. But they'll still use the third eye internally. So people who can, for example, read a book and imagine what's in the book, that's a function of your third eye. It's a function of your third eye when I say imagine a tree and you're imagining a tree. That's the third eye. And so that's the simple gateway to start. 
It's a literal gateway into other dimensions and perceiving what's there. So this is just the beginning of what's possible, and yet it's the most important step. Because if you're blocked from that initial beginning, then you'll not be able to continue to move forward. So work with that, and you'll be able to then perceive a lot more as we get into talking about what's possible. I want to point something out, too, that's really important. And I had just actually read this document recently, but there's a document Monsef that the CIA actually put out recent it's recent disclosure and honestly it's it's the most amazing document I've ever read because it's full disclosure in one document and it's actually talking about a program that they had started in the 80s now most people know the CIA has been doing a lot of work with remote viewing for ages and so remote viewing's, you know, old news to many of the science world, but it's also been highly suppressed because certainly they didn't want the public necessarily using it to their advantage. Well, this document actually talks about how not only human beings are incredibly capable of moving into using the third eye, moving into many dimensions, but they're also capable of working with those dimensional energies to create aspects of reality that will affect the 3D. And lastly, in the conclusion of this paper, it also mentioned that there are other beings who are not in physical 3D form that live in multiple dimensions. It's full disclosure in one document literally saying that there are other beings besides humans that are multidimensional, not even 3D physical, and that human beings have the ability to work with those dimensions. It's incredible that this is mm-hmm. available to us now. So if if you do a little digging, you can find that document. And honestly, the fact that it exists at all is validating for all of us. It doesn't matter what they ended up doing with it or not, it matters that you, the average person, can access all of this. Because who were the people that they were bringing in to do this work? They were average people. Many of them were just, like, and remember, one of them was an English teacher (laughs) from a high school that they found who was really good at remote viewing, and he ended up working with the CIA. All these different average folks being able to use the power of their brain mind, that's exactly what we're tapping into. And I want to bring people on a journey to actually discover what's possible. So that's my introduction to what I want to get into today. Is there anything that comes up for you, Monsef, that you might want to tap into before I continue to talk about this? <laughs> um, yeah, I, I really loved what you, you just said. It's yeah, it's it's very inspiring. Like it's like you said, it confirms um like what we've been talking about and learning about like for a long time and and also that's like recently because more and more information is, is getting out, like we we know now that it's it's like what we are able to do it's not related to our like societal positions like uh position like yeah. what we studied like our our abilities are, are far uh, more powerful than that. 
and yeah and when we hear the many stories uh like like the one you said and also sometimes we experience that ourselves like we have yeah. this deep knowing that there is much more than we were thought about uh, thought um at schools and from society yeah exactly it's interesting because we'll get shut down about this yet it is our natural birthright to be able to be psychic everyone is psychic yes. and yeah. that's just the nature of our reality and so that has implications what if and you know i have this vision of what what is possible for our societies in this way and what if what if we were really open and willing to talk about this in public and schools and everyday life situations what if people were willing to tap into what was there to help solve problems in the 3D and really use their true discernment that is a golden era i want to live in <laughs> yeah. so we can really be blessed by the fact that we are souls living in these incredible bodies so that leads us into well what is possible what is accessible it's interesting because this document actually talks about one of the things that's possible and one of the things that they discuss is that they were able to create holographic they were able to create holographic structures all over the planet from a multidimensional perspective and actually have those structures have functions which affected the 3D. Now, if we don't if we don't have any other document but this, that's okay because that document in of itself completely discloses everything right there in just a matter of pages. That is true that we can actually build many different structures with functions on different planes of reality. So where would we start? Well, first you're going to be going into what we would call the fourth dimension. Once you move out of the 3D mentally and you're imagining what we would call the inner planes, that's where the soul and body really meet. So the human being is already functioning on many dimensions. There's an idea that somehow we're trying to get back to the 5D or that we're going to go live in the 5D. But the fact is, is the 5D didn't go anywhere and the 5D is here available functioning already. And we're meant to bridge all dimensions and ground them into the 3D. That's why we have these bodies. That's what the job is. Yes. It's interesting because I have a lot of people come and say, well, what's my purpose? And I'll say, well, you're asking the wrong question. Because <laughs> purpose is the same. The purpose is the same for everything in this universe. We're here to discover what is love. But it's a different question we might want to ask. What are my skill sets? And as a soul, as an essence that's unique in the whole universe, what are my skills? And how can I use the function of my full body experience to manifest those skills? So in this case, the full body experience for all of us means that you too have access to all dimensions and you can feel energy and then also know that it's true. Now, these are the functions of the three minds, the brain, heart, and gut, like we discussed. But the fact is is that you're going to need all three 
if you go on a journey in a, that's a psychic journey to go just see what's available to you. You need all three. Here's why, and I learned this the hard way, <laughs> so, so I'm saving everybody some grief because <laughs> I learned it the hard way. What you see does not mean that you know it. And what does that mean? If you see something, it doesn't mean you know fully what that is. So, for example, I have had interfaces with incredible amounts of beings all over from the, all over the universe. I have met them and spoke to them on different planes of reality. These are real beings, most of whom are very benevolent. But the fact is, is that sometimes you can get tricked and that has happened to me many times where a being would appear to be a being of light and I would believe what I saw and I would think that I knew what the truth was and then I'd get into some trouble because I'd listen to that being and the fact was that they weren't benevolent and so that's why it's really important to feel into energy and to trust your gut knowing as well is this being a being of light um, because if you see it, it might look a certain way. Don't always believe what you see. Trust your full body experience. Use your heart and gut to help you discern what's true. If I had truly felt into the energy behind the, that particular being I'm talking about, then I would have banished it immediately because it was not there to help me. And there were a lot of red flags, one of which were that it came to me during a desperate time. And it came to me and it petted my ego, my big, gigantic, holy cow ego, telling me I was going to help save the world and all this stuff. It totally fed into my uh, my desire to help people. But it fed into my egoic savior complex for sure. And I should have noticed that right away that was would have been a red flag. Anything that tries to feed your ego and tell you that you're extra special and that you're going to help save the whole planet, well, that all might be true <laughs> to a certain extent, but if something's going to happen to that alone and not connect you back to where all that power comes from, it comes from source. It comes right. from the oneness with the universe, not you, not me. I get, you know, we, we're here to get out of the way of that pure source power. So that's a clue that you're going to want to know. Why am I telling everybody this? Because, you know, when you go on third eye journeys, you're going to see a lot of stuff. <laughs> and you're not going to truly know all of it. You can't. There's not enough room in your mind or your brain. That's okay. You're going to know what source needs you to know. Trust that. That's the next block that people will have is trust. If they finally got rid of the whole idea that the imagination isn't real, then they can go in and usually there might be another one that will block them is trusting what they see, trusting that they can see. Well, that's going to get better with practice. So here's some ideas for people to give this a try, a gentle way, a safe way, so you're not going to necessarily interact with new beings right away, but a safe way to play with trusting what you can see is what I call mind vacations. So it's very important to spend some time every day imagining yourself in other places. It's basic remote viewing. So pick a place that you've always wanted to vacation at. 
go look at some pictures of it on the computer for a little while, and it tells your brain, this place is real. And then go there. In meditation, imagine yourself walking on that beautiful beach. What does it smell like? What do you hear? What do you feel when you touch things? This helps you to trust your perceptions because it tricks your brain a little bit into believing that you're really there because you just literally saw 3D pictures of it. So then the brain says, oh, it's a real place. This is safe. This helps build your third eye because you're also going to be asking other sensory questions. You know, you're going to be able to see a lot, but you're going to smell stuff and hear stuff and touch stuff too as you journey in other dimensions. And you're going to want to trust what you're perceiving. So do something safe like that. Start start there for a while. I still do it all the time. I've been doing it my whole life. And honestly, it's kept my third eye nice and strong. And it gives me something relaxing to do, something relaxing that I can do that's going to help me still maintain my muscular third eye prowess over here. So that's mm-hmm. the first step. Then, you know, how do we access other dimensions? Well, there are gates. There's different gates to get there. And the fifth dimension is the next step. The fifth dimension is where all possibilities are available. So if you're going to then step into the fifth dimension, you might use that same third eye practice. Go imagine yourself on a beautiful place, maybe in this case our special beach that we've come up with, And then sit in meditation and welcome the idea that that beach can maintain many, many possibilities. And then watch what unfolds from that. That's the gateway. So each time then you're welcoming another level of reality for you to perceive what will it be like to walk on a beach that shows you all the possibilities of that beach. Well, it's going to be really complicated, but also incredibly interesting. And so when you pick up a pebble on that same beach, that pebble is going to show you all the possibilities of what that pebble has to offer. And anything that you come across, that's fifth dimensional reality. Now, how is that useful for 3D reality? Because all this ends up having to be useful in 3D reality. Certainly, it's our it's our gift to be able to tap into it, so we really need to be able to use it for our 3D reality. Well, that means that as your brain mind gets used to opening up into that dimension, naturally and with great ease, that same dimensional energy is going to affect your perception of the 3D. So when you come back out of that meditation and you welcome yourself back into the 3D, when you open your eyes, you're going to begin to visualize and imagine naturally all the possibilities of everything around you. So let's say you're in your room and you open your eyes and you get up and you go to go to bed and you pick up your toothbrush to brush your teeth. And you pick up that toothbrush. Now your brain mind has tapped into fifth dimensional thinking on its own just by simply having you imagine it to be so, imagining fifth dimensional thinking, which is the ability to perceive all possibilities. So that toothbrush is not just a toothbrush anymore. It's all the possibilities of that toothbrush in that moment are available. 
all the possibilities of that mirror, of that bathroom sink, of your own embodiment are available now. This eventually will slowly open up into what we might call fifth dimensional thinking. All that energy from 5D completely changes your perception of everything. So then when you go to look at a tree, no longer do you just see a tree anymore. It's all the possibilities of that tree. It is a very real, actual, vivid thing that will occur to your brain mind. And that's just a wonderful example of that 5D ability and possibility. Now, the 4D is your ability to tap into all of these different places remotely. And that's a great sort of place to start by doing those mind vacations. Then you're tapping into 5D, knowing that the 5D is going to give you all possibilities. It completely changes your mindset in a very subtle way, and then it will unfold into something much larger. It is truly a journey that you're taking, and then we only just got to the fifth dimension. <laughs> so yeah. there's a whole lot more there. Um, and at this point, I'm working with all these different dimensions, and my mindset and my way of thinking has unfolded into better theorization, better science, better ways for me to help people heal and teach them how to heal, better perception of reality. So I want to skip ahead real quick here, Monsef, if that's okay. Yes. Because I want to give people a taste of what does it look like when someone actually taps into that function of their brain to be able to bring super high dimensions of energy into their 3D reality. So I'll give you sort of a personal story here. Over the past several years, I've been obviously working really hard with my third eye. It's my bread and butter. I'm using it constantly all day long. But I'm using it in certain ways. So I'm using it to, for example, perceive someone's body from afar and help them with their healing or perceive someone's spiritual situation from afar and help them along their way. So I'm doing it in service. But what's happened is that there's been certain things that have come up in my life for me to examine that required me to do some different positioning of my spiritual capability to see. So I call it perching into different positions so I can perceive a subject more deeply in a way that I might not be able to otherwise. This is very interesting because as you get into higher dimensional 3D uh, grounding of this gift, this natural gift of the human, the third eye, you're going to be able to maneuver your own perception into different states that are not limited by space or time. So this actually has happened very slowly, and I didn't think it would. Actually, I had no idea what to expect whatsoever, so I really didn't have any ideas about what this was all going to be like. Honestly, at one point in time, a few years ago, I thought, well, this is it. I've reached my peak. I'm, you know, I'm this. I'm a world-class seer. Um, so other people have called me that. And, you know, great, I I really can't get better. Well, that's not true. <laughs> <laughs> In fact, every day I'm learning how not true that is. Um, 
so one of the first things that started to occur as I began to work harder to embody higher dimensions is that I recognized that I could actually position myself outside of time. You see, I'd always thought that I could that I had to be kind of connected to time to be able to perceive stuff. And that's not true. It turns out that linear time is something really special that the human being gets to experience. But from the third eye perspective, you're not bound by that. So while I tell people, hey, it's really important to stay in the moment, if you dig deep down into the moment, there's an infinite amount of possibilities. So that's where we end up actually releasing ourselves from linear time, ironically, is by going really deep into the moment. So by doing that, then I actually could see, um, for example, the whole history of humankind, but from this big, incredible vantage point outside of time where I could see the reasons why we've gone through all this suffering and what we're leading up to, which was fascinating to me because I've avoided very, very much so, avoided looking at the future. When you're in linear time, if you're worried about future timelines, then you lose all of your ability to make choices in the moment. So that can take away your free will when you're really concerned about the future. Well, I released myself from any attachments about that, and I was able to see how all the different timelines created a reality that was far beyond my own perception, and it was amazing. It's what I call the permanent golden age, and I keep telling people this is something that we're capable of. It doesn't mean it's happened, but I can see it, which means that as I was able to remove myself from space-time, I could see what was possible on a very grand scale. So that's one of the first things that happened to me, which I would say is a very high-dimensional energy of thinking. It's beyond time, so that would be 6D thinking. Then as I continue to embody other higher dimensions, I've begun to unwrap even more amazing abilities. Not only could I perch outside of space-time, but I could actually pick and choose where I wanted to view a particular subject from a vantage point that would be very different from my vantage point which but it, and still maintain what i know so instead of being from elizabeth's perspective i could look at a specific point in history from a past life maybe hundreds of thousands or even millions of years ago I could take a look at that same historical event from above, from a completely different lifetime, so that I might be able to skip over any weird viewpoint I might only get from just being Elizabeth. So let me be specific here. I mm-hmm. was looking at um, I was looking at where did humans learn how to sacrifice each other this was this this is, sounds like really dark and i tend to look at really weirdly dark subjects on occasion because it's part of my nature to help unwrap all of that so i said where did humans learn this because we learned it at some point in time and i said humans learn this from 
something. And so, I, you know, from Elizabeth's vantage point, I have to look backwards. I have to look backwards, but I'm looking through the patriarchy, you know. I'm looking at how history is written by all the winners. I'm looking through a lot of dense stuff historically if I stay in my vantage point as Elizabeth. But if I move out of that vantage point using the third eye, and remember, all I'm doing is using my imagination, friends, but I'm taking myself up and out of that, and I put myself into a different lifetime that I remember, which came way before Earth. So I put myself into that vantage point with everything I know now to look at it at a different angle. And I learned more about that particular subject than I ever would have imagined by simply removing myself dimensionally from the 3D vantage point in time where I'm at as Elizabeth and looking at that same subject from the past. This all sounds really complicated, but it's not. It's simply through imagination that this has been able to occur. So what has happened because of this? All kinds of strange things. <laughs> it gets really interesting when you begin to play with the multidimensional way your brain is able to perceive reality. And one of the things that's happened lately, which has been really weird for me, because I get little flashes and glimpses maybe of, of what the future might hold, but I, I haven't had necessarily that many holy cow premonitions, for example. And over the past couple of months, as I've been working to embody the eighth dimension, I'm getting all these really amazing and very specific premonitions. So I'll name a few. One of them is that right before it happened, I had this very clear vision that my horse, I have a horse named Opal Rose, she's a pony, um, that my horse was going to hurt her eye, that her eyelid was going to get torn on something. And horses, they'll nose around and they'll, you know, they, they look, they discover everything with their nose. So, you know, she moves too fast and catches a branch or something on whatever, then it might hurt her eye. Well, so I had this premonition that this was going to happen. And it really bothered me. And so, but there wasn't anything I could do about it. I didn't know if it was real or not. Um, so I just kind of stood back and it turns out about 12 hours later, my husband comes in and says, Opal Rose needs help. Her eye got hurt. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Of course it did. And then weirder stuff started happening. My husband goes to DJ in a local town on Thursday nights, and he had just left for his gig. And I had this premonition earlier that day that the local police were going to call me. <laughs> just really specific stuff. And I'm like, oh, the, the police are going to call me. Oh, my gosh, I hope it's nothing bad. And so I I decided not to get emotionally tied up in that premonition, which is a really important thing not to do because you could get yes. yourself all kinds of wrapped up. But So I, so he leaves, and then the police call me. <laughs> and so I had no idea why they were going to call me. I just knew they were going to call me. The local police call me, and they ask for somebody who doesn't even live here. So I was deeply relieved. I'm sure the lady on the other line was really confused because um, <laughs> it sounded like I was expecting her. I pick up the phone, and I'm like, hello? <laughs> 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 I 
<laughs> and she's like, uh, is, is Mr. Whatever there? And I'm like, no, no, he's not. Because <laughs> he doesn't, there's no one here by that name. And so she was calling the police for someone else. And then up, the number hadn't been updated. And I was so relieved, but I was also really weirded out because this was, this is my brain allowing 8D energy into my reality. And with that, all of my blocks around being able to perceive what might be happening next in my timeline have lifted, which has been strange because I really don't focus on the future. I'm always in the moment. And so now that that's all shifting, it's almost like, it's almost as if the moment holds all that possibility. And that's what 8D is all about. It's about full understanding. It's about no boundaries between us and the reality that we are actually in. It's about many dimensions of reality being available. It's where time stops being linear. And so now my brain is literally allowing 8D energy to move in, and that's how it looks on the ground. It gets really interesting, and amazing things will happen. Obviously, I haven't fully embodied all of these other higher dimensions beyond that. I'm working at it. And how? Well, I'm shifting an egoic structure out every day, which allows us to embody higher dimensions. So by constantly clearing and replacing, clearing dark energy or dense energy, egoic structure, and then replacing it with light, that's how you're going to bring your actual third eye into being able to embody and experience a life that actually allows you to perceive many dimensions all the time while you're doing everyday stuff. So I just wanted to give myself as an example of what does that look like? How does it unfold? What is possible with multidimensional third eye perception in your regular life? All these different vantage points that you would have never imagined before and the constant pushing of your imagination to be willing to perceive what the universe has already laid out. It's already all there. You're just moving out of the way so you can be part of it and then also even really see it and perceive it. So that's the amazing journey I've been on, and I'm so glad. Thank you for letting me share. And uh, wow, that's kind of, thank you so much for for sharing it with us. Because really, it's it's um, it's so fascinating what what we are able to tap into, and like the growth and the expression that we can uh, go through it through our journey as we are uh, how to say tapping more and more into those dimensions and. It really feels um really exciting because like each time it's it brings something new that is beyond our expectations. So it's um how to say it's we are always discovering, we are always uh like surprised with our abilities and what we can experience and create. Um and also the possibilities that are available for us in each moment. Um so yeah, that was that was very, very inspiring. Thank you so much for saying that. Absolutely. Um, you mentioned yeah. expectations too, and yeah. that's actually probably the third biggest block. So the first being that imagination isn't real. 
the second being trusting that what you're seeing is actually part of this universal reality that the source field has created. The fact is, is that you can't imagine anything new. And why? Because everything's already been imagined by the source field. Everything. Right. You know, a uh, five-headed orange dragon. Done. Check. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, 20 pink unicorns. No problem. Source has already imagined all of that into reality. And then if you surrender, if you can surrender to that, and then you begin to trust, hey, I'm only going to perceive what the source field needs me to see. And that's key. That's actually very important. Then you'll be able to surrender to what is possible. And then the third thing is going in without any expectations. You're going to learn that if you come in and expect something, if you, for example, expect that angels are going to look like a certain thing, or you're going to expect that all dragons are green, or you're expecting that, you know, a certain type of reality is going to unfold if you tap into 5D, all those expectations have to go. You can't go in with expectations. So check yourself. Make sure you're checking. Am I expecting anything in particular? Um, the fact is, is that that leads you to something really amazing, and it's an energy that will help you on this journey as you unfold your third eye. It's the state of being in wonder. So instead of being in a state of expectation, shift into a state of total and pure wonder. Very innocent very original wonder and that's going to keep you in a state of welcoming of light welcoming of all possibilities if you're in amazement all the time of what is reality no matter how much you think you know especially if you're a scientist especially if you have a very logical mindset drop all your expectations and you're going to become more free you're going to be able to tap into much, much more. And it'll all lead naturally to that. This doesn't have to be hard work. As long as we can shift that those expectations out of the way, begin to trust the source field, that the source field is going to show you what you need to know next, and be able to fully trust that imagination is your ticket to seeing, then you're well on your way to getting into many higher dimensions and bringing them into your 3D life so you can enjoy them in an interesting, you know, very human way. So I think that's really key, too, that you mentioned, you know, blow away all your expectations. Yes, all this is going to blow your expectations out of the water, and then you're going to be in a state of constant wonder, which is one of the best places to be. It's very pure. And it will help you so much to be able to be willing to be open to what's possible. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, thank you. Thank you again, Elizabeth. Really, I loved everything you shared with us today. It was, how to say, like, like giving us this understanding, as, as I said in the beginning, but also, like, I felt this when we were talking about stepping into 4D, 5D, and then talking about your experience the multidimensional experience like it felt that it's there are really infinite possibilities available to us 
if we start like um, building and getting getting our third eye um, stronger and stronger with the 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 practices that you shared with us, um, and also it feels so super super exciting. So really, thank you, thank you so much for that. So yeah, Elizabeth, can we take questions? From yeah, the audience? let's take questions. Okay. So everyone, if you are on the phone, you can raise your hand by pressing star two to talk to Elizabeth. And for those of you on the webcast page, you can type in your questions on the question box. All right, um, let's see. We have a caller from Jacksonville, phone number ending with 3239. Hello? Hi there. Hi there. Hi, what is your name? I'm Carolyn. Hi. Hi, Elizabeth. Hi, Carolyn. <laughs> Hi. Um, my question is, and I'm not sure how the third eye plays into it, but I'm sure you'll 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 know. Um, I'm getting kind of stuck in um, being very sad and dismayed about what's going on with women's rights in the different states where they're passing these abortion legislations, mm -hmm. but also um, with environmental concerns, like all the development here in Florida, for instance, where they're they seem to be cutting down all the trees and just building things that are useless. Um, really just ugly and I'm wondering how I can come to terms with that and not be sad about it I realize that we're all one thing you know one entity so I wonder about the parts of of me that are doing this that seem to be destructive and and um, disrespectful you know the feminine energy so I'm trying to figure out like is there something in me in my universe that is doing that can I change it or can I at least come to a peaceful place about it so I'm not so reactive um, to these You're on the right things. track. You really are. You're recognizing first that, you know, it, you're, tir you're, you're tired of, of blaming first. Uh, you know, certainly your feelings are valid, right? And we don't want to not validate the fact that, hey, yeah, our species has been programmed with some serious corruption and it's always seemed to be this big, huge polarity, right? This duality of victim-tyrant, this polarity that pulls and pushes. And the outcomes that show up in our 3D world are really difficult. So, you know, that is absolutely fair to feel dismayed and sad. I want to point something out. We don't want to avoid that. We don't want to avoid the sad, the grief, the pain, the anger, that you're feeling, you want to actually welcome them because that's a signpost in front of you saying this way, this way to neutrality, this way to more light, this way to a higher vantage point and a lot more ability to co-create a world where we're not suffering in this way. So you're right to look inwards first. And that's actually the power of quantum, right? Because if you're going inwards first to keep working on change, that's actually how change will unfold a lot more outside the self. So when something happens in the 3D and we feel like we don't have any control over it, we'll go in real deep to the feelings that it'll bring in and we keep welcoming them. You'll welcome them. You'll you'll feel them in the body. Sit down and actually ask yourself, where exactly do I feel this sadness in my body? Where exactly do I feel fear in the, about this or anger about this? 
then you'll welcome it in the body. So it might be that the, you feel that sadness in the heart and the gut. So you'll say, I welcome this sadness in my heart and my gut right now. And that means you're going to merge with it. You're going to dissolve it by merging with it. Now you'll keep doing this and doing this because your reactions and your triggers are precious treasure. They're pointing at egoic structure. And egoic structure is there because it's there to protect you. You've built it up over this lifetime or other lifetimes as a way to protect yourself. And so when we shift that structure out of the way, we become more formless. And what does that look like? Well, that means that when these events happen around us, we'll be in a state of such incredible neutrality that we won't actually have a reaction about it anymore. Now, that doesn't mean that we're not going to be activists, right? It, that That's not what it means. It means that you'll be able to be a much more powerful activist because you're constantly coming from a place of neutrality. It won't be pulling on or manifesting any more polarities in your own embodiment, in your own life any longer. It's not going to block you from being able to put incredible amounts of light into the active things that you might want to do, like going and um, doing some work to... Uh, bring awareness to the end of all that habitat in Florida or doing work for women's rights. When you come at those different subjects then in the 3D from a place of pure neutrality and oneness, which you're really keen on, you are wanting that, you're aware of it, that that's available, then you don't suffer anymore in your embodiment because you're bringing to the table what really we should all want, which is that state of oneness, neutrality, and harmony with the earth. So this has presented itself in your awareness because it's immediately causing reactions and triggers, and that's precious. That's your soul pointing to what needs to be dealt with from the inside out next. That expands your field and allows you to have a greater capacity of light so that when you do pick and choose very carefully what you put your action into, it's going to be full of power and light and it's going to make a greater difference than if you came at it with a lot of egoic structure or density reactions or triggers. Does that make sense, what I'm saying? Yeah, it sounds like you're saying by allowing it, that that's how to transmute it. Is there any other step other than allowing it and feeling it to transmute it into light where I can use it from a neutral place? Well, and I wouldn't say necessarily allowing it on the outside, but you're welcoming it, welcoming the emotions that come up. Right. So if we want to say, for example, end this corrupted relationship we have with the earth as a whole human species, Yes, that's a great goal. It's something we should all be focusing on a lot if we can. And we have to then look within emotionally to any of that density, welcome the emotions. It's the emotional body that's letting you know there's all this density that's shown up or that's been maintained 
causing the reactions and then the triggers. We welcome it fully, we merge with it, and we move then to the next layer of emotion that might come. And you keep doing that until you find either a big, huge, holy cow linchpin of emotion, which is usually just pure, unbridled fear. Then you move into that and you fully dissolve it by merging with it. Then you're going to unplug it out of your reality. And then you build literally a very physical and and spiritual capacity for light. That light then can be woven into everything you do. So then when you go to sign a petition or when you go to bring awareness about the ending of the habitats and how it's a problem, you're coming at it with such incredible capacity for light that the people and the places and the things around you are going to perceive that whether they're conscious about it or not. That pushes an incredible amount of power into each active step that you make in the 3D. Does that better answer the question? I think so. I'm probably going to have to go back and listen to it again. I know one of the things that I am doing is um, singing to the crystal grid. Like I've got like a sacred light language that I do. I'm wondering if that is probably part of the the same. And you remember, you know, and just tap into this real quick. When you do that, you can, you feel so much light. You feel so much love. You, you're not doing it because you're reactive or triggered. You're doing it because you love it. Because you love to to do it. Yeah. And right. certainly from a heart of service, right? You're you're trying to serve the crystal grid by raising its frequency through your light language, through the sound that you're moving through right. your body. And so that's actually the same exact energetic approach that you'll want to everything else as well. Everything from, you know, trying your best not to use plastic bags to doing some big, huge protest if that feels right for you or signing a petition or being active in the world, actively helping people to live in harmony with the planet. Part of why all this stuff sends sends you into especially a state of mind that can be very frustrating is because it's Caroline, right? Uh Uh-huh. You're a harmonizer. So a harmonizer is someone who will notice disharmony first. And that can really be a problem (laughs) if you stay in that constant awareness of disharmony. You just want to be aware, well, I'm here to help bring harmony. So kind of come at life with a little bit of a new question. Ask yourself, when I see or feel or, or notice disharmony in my life, even if it's you know, just near you or if it's in the state you're in or if it's in the nearby state or in the nation you're in or the globe, certainly we can find disharmony at every level. You're here to notice it and to ask, what is the energy that needs to come in to balance that and then embody that? That's why it's there. That's why it's showing up is so you can balance the harmonic energy so, for example, let's say you walk down the road and somebody's yelling at their dog, um, you know, and, and it's like, wow, poor dog. And the guy's obviously way too angry at this dog. He's projecting on the dog. You you might not necessarily feel safe to go say something or do something about it, just like you might not necessarily feel safe to go run into a situation where they're cutting down trees and tell them to stop, Right. And right. so 
you're noticing it. It's in your awareness field. The source field brought it to your awareness so that you can embody the exact energy that will help bring it into neutrality. So if that guy's really angry and having a really hard time, he's suffering. So you're going to tap into that suffering and you're going to say, what's the energy that's most needed at this time? Compassion, unconditional love, those are a good start. Then you would embody that in that moment and emanate it. You might send it as a blessing to that man and that dog. You might surround those two beings with that energy mentally using your third eye, imagining it to be so, and then moving on from there. Or when you see the trees cut down, you might think about what is the energy that needs to be embodied, an incredible respect and reverence for the earth. Check. Okay, I'm going to embody that and I'm going to emanate that right now because this came into my awareness because there's an energetic imbalance going on. That's what a harmonizer is really capable of noticing the most. Does that resonate with you? Yeah, it does. And I think what it is, I feel so overwhelmed sometimes by just the whole systems. It feels like that if if you're going to take sides or whatever, the other side seems so big and so organized, like the greed of the developers and, you know, the fear of the, um, you know, evangelical religious people who are pushing these, you know, agendas and things. And it just, it feels overwhelming. I think it's like, oh my God, what do I do? And then I just wind up, you know, getting stuck in the um, sadness and the fear. And I, I have had moments of doing what you're suggesting but yeah, um, your nature. I think I get I get caught in the overwhelm. Let um, me give you a tip. So. so this is something we're going to be covering a lot on Saturday. Um, but basically, zoom out. Zoom out. When you feel overwhelmed by the system and the highly organized nature of it, which that's true, zoom out and visualize with your third eye the system, just the system itself, kind of single it out and visualize it. You're going to zoom out, and then you're going to say, what is the foundational energy that makes this system function? Greed, perhaps. What is the energy that I can embody and emanate and actually hold this system in my heart space and bless it with this other energy that will bring neutrality and balance? It would be, you know, the opposite of greed, perhaps total and pure selflessness. Selfless, unconditional love. And it will be a neutral, high heart, unconditional love. And so you'd hold the whole system in your energy field in meditation for a little while. And watch how it changes the system from your viewpoint. That's a quantum change, even though you've zoomed out to look at something huge, right? Or take all the evangelicals, all that um, mindset in of itself single it out zoom out and hold that ask yourself what does it really look like what's underneath all of that just total pure fear fear, right just loads of fear Mm -hmm. and you'd say well what's the energy that will help even out this equation well it would be trust trust that would be one perhaps and so then you'd emanate that from the heart space you'd embody it fully and visualize then with your third eye This is fourth and fifth dimensional work here. So then you'd visualize then the energy that you're going to be emanating to maintain and hold that particular group or that mindset, even that just belief, 
in that field and watch what happens. This can create changes that will have ripple effects. And it's difficult to measure while we're in these right. bodies. But right. as yeah, no, your I understand. soul, yeah, as your soul, yeah. you it's your nature to want to do this kind of work. Yeah, it is. It is because I, I do it on a casual basis, but I'll look at it as more of a more steady <laughs> employment as yeah. it were. Yeah, and look at emotional processing in general because that's really a very key way of being able to shift any density. We notice it. We find it in the body. We welcome it there one step at a time, merging with it so it dissolves. So every time you feel triggered or reactions, it's key that you'll eventually get real excited about it. I know it sounds strange. Why would you get excited about a trigger? Well, when you actually merge with a trigger fully and completely dissolve it from your field, your capacity for light strengthens in gigantic ways. And you'll be able to feel the difference and see it in your own life around you. But this is really, um, uh, this is advanced stuff that your soul already knows. So I'm kind of speaking to your advanced soul here saying, hey, harmonize You're reminding me. Yeah, good. I'm glad. Glad yeah. to help. Thank you. <laughs> You're very welcome. It's important. Yeah, it. very intense stuff here. Well, I know. I know. I'm not the only one who feels this way. It just feels like the other side is so organized, and then we're not. We're we seem to be so kind of in pockets, you know, kind of here and there around the world, and not really connected. Um, it's you know, getting so it's better. Good for us to, to I connect. think. For, yeah, I hope, yeah. So. I hope so. For example, the community that I've been working on building, you know, I call it, say, my tribe, but it's it's not mine. I don't own it. Um, it's an awakened community of many thousands of people all over the world, and they're tapping into one another's ability and wisdom and being able to support each other from afar. That's something cool that the Internet can do for us. And then noticing, too, that there's more and more souls tapping into the natural limitless grids of light, you, you know, once you're shifting big polarities out of the way so you're not viewing life through those polarities anymore, you'll see a lot more of the positive and a lot more of the structure and the organization occur. So it's interesting. In different layers of reality, there'll be more to see and more to welcome, certainly, and more to get triggered by, which is good. <laughs> yeah, thank you. You're Thank welcome. You. I Thank you so I much, Caroline. Thanks. Thank you. So Thanks, much. Thanks, Monsef. Much love. Thank you a lot. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Yeah. Uh, that, that was wonderful. And uh, I loved what's, what's her questions. Like, yeah, uh, I loved you to bring in and all this information. Because um, I feel it, it relates to, to all of us. And, um, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. So let's move to our next listener. Um, we have Harold from Amsterdam. Um, he said that uh, he has been medita- he has had been meditating for uh, 40 years, but still feel that the opening of his third eye is blocked, and he wants uh, your guidance about that. Yeah, I mean, on initial glance, I think that Harold, um, you've had a couple of things happen. One, sometimes when we're children we'll have a third eye experience that later we'll have blocked out. And a third eye experience that could be a nightmare. It could be that you saw something scary. 
it could be that someone talked about something scary and then it scared you into blocking your own third eye. Now, you're going to want to really dig deep, Harold, and look deep inside. Why did your soul need to block your third eye early on? Because this is something I know you've struggled with your whole life. So usually it's something that will have happened. It will have triggered you shutting the third eye down and then only using it in one direction. Because, Harold, you can imagine a tree. If I tell you to imagine a tree right now, you can imagine a tree. That means your third eye isn't broken. It's functioning internally, but it's blocked from being able to see external information. So part of what you'll need to do is why. Why did you need to block that third eye? What other skills or other energies have you been asked to build up instead? Have you fully tapped into your ability as especially a man to come into the power of your heart center? Have you fully tapped into the knowing and the intuition of your gut? Perhaps part of why you have blocked your own third eye from a, the traumatic experience that may have happened, whether you remember it or not, is so that you would focus in on other ways of being able to attain higher consciousness. Meditation is part of that equation. Emotional processing and then, of course, meditation are two big, huge ways that we can consistently clear the third eye. So if you want to get your third eye back on board, you're going to need to dig in really deep about why you might be afraid to see. And go in. Welcome it in your body. Find any sort of fear or distrust. Find any programs around not believing what you see. Find anything that might be really deep. You don't need to remember with your brain. In fact, your brain's not really the seat of pure memory anyway. It's your heart. Ask your heart. Tap into the ability to feel energy in your body. Many, many men especially will get blocked by being able to feel, and that too will block their third eye. Because you need all three of your brains online for all this to work. <laughs> And so sometimes men will literally have their third eyes shut down early on because they're here to start manifesting all of their incredible power as a soul through the heart space. The heart space is the masculine power center, and the root is the feminine power center. You can see it because it's in the way the bodies are balanced. But the men, they're blocked by the, from their hearts a lot of times. And this will simultaneously block your third eye because your brain mind isn't going to be willing to take you on any multidimensional journeys unless you can feel energy and know, trust your gut knowing, trust your intuition. It's not safe to go wander around on many dimensions without having all three of your brains really functioning for you. You need to be able to discern what's going to work and what's not. And so that's really key here. I That's the main thing I'm seeing. And I think that in his case, this is good for many, many men who might be listening to this, being able to feel the mental ability that they have to to tap into what they think they know with their mind, but then being able to feel it with the body is something that men are often challenged by. So I say sometimes that 
the masculine, the next step for the masculine is what we would call full body samadhi. Full body higher consciousness, not just with your mind anymore, but with your heart space first. What you'll find is if you process any fears, any programs, any density, especially around being frustrated with not being able to see what you want to see, process that first. Your heart's going to open up. You'll be able to feel more in the body. And then your third eye is going to come back online. So in this case, don't focus in on your third eye. Focus on your heart first and your gut intuition and then your brain mind is going to release all of those structures that are blocking you. Those structures are based in, in fear and old fear and old programs of disbelief. And remember, you need to trust your imagination, being able to go into that full body trust. Can you feel the trust in your whole body? When you can feel the trust in your whole body, your third eye and your brain will release itself from being blocked from those higher dimensions and being able to perceive them. But the outcome that we want is not just perception. It's full body experience. That's what I'm trying to allude to, that my third eye experience has completely changed my full body experience. That's the embodiment of higher dimensions. That's the job. So unblock your heart, and you're going to find that you'll be able to unfold into something amazing. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. Thank you so much, uh, Elizabeth, and uh, thank you, Harold. Um, yeah, we have another question. Um, this, we don't have the name, so the question is, uh, sometimes my third eye perception takes over my visual eyes. Any advice? Yes, I completely relate. <laughs> um, let's see. Some people might find that a problem, and some might not. So if this is a problem for you, I can relate because it's been a problem for me. I see all dimensions all the time, and I've never been able to shut it off no matter how hard I've tried. So, you know, the first half of my life, I was trying to shut off my most amazing gift, but what it's done is it's made it challenging to do certain tasks because I get so much information feedback all the time. So, for example, I've never been able to drive a car. I literally have not been able to drive a car. It's far too difficult for me to stay focused on the machine and the movement because I have way too much input all the time. So that's been a problem for my life that I've had to work out. I've always ended up living in places where I could walk or ride my bike or had other people drive me, like being, being getting on a bus or whatever. In this case, now I live in the woods, so my husband drives me. But, you know, I that's lucky. He kind of, he ended up being willing to accept that fate <laughs> to be my lifetime driver. So, you know, this can hinder having uh, certain experiences in the 3D. But here's the thing. Probably you're not necessarily having this happen constantly. Some people like me do. It's like my third eye is wide, wide open, and I can't even close it. Some people can close it, though. So if that's the case for you, learn how to have a bit more control over it by simply asking. 
So if you feel overwhelmed in that moment and you're not able to function in the 3D, close your eyes and go in and actually ask the brain, bow to the brain, say, thank you so much for trying to help me. Please close my third eye now so that I can perceive and focus on the third dimension at this moment. And then take a big deep breath because that tells your subconscious and your parasympathetic nervous system that that's okay. And then watch what happens. See if you can actually get your brain mind to focus in that moment and not be open, so wide open that you can't function. If you can't close your third eye and you're more like I am, then you're going to have to adapt. <laughs> so, you know, one of the things that I had to do over all these years is learn how to ignore stuff. And that's easier said than done, especially if you're in a classroom and you can hear everybody's thoughts and you can see all the different beings and you can see everything. It's really hard. But at the same time, I've learned how to hone my focus, and it's simply been because that's what's what kept me alive. It's helped me survive. So I can now, I have an incredible ability to focus in on something if I have to and yet still be aware with my second attention because you have more than one layer of attention. But if you can allow your second attention to be the one that taps into those multiple layers of information and your first attention, which is maybe the frontal lobe, you know, it's that mind that you have that says, I am in this moment. If you can hone into that and allow your first attention to focus on whatever you need to focus on. This is going to take practice, but you'll be able to focus and still have a lot of input. So um, I wish I had more clarity beyond that, but at this moment, I think that's the best I can do um, for this person, and I hope that will help. <laughs> mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, and I, I really love your answer, how you could... Um describe that like the situation that she's having and also when you talk from your own uh, experience like we can feel that and uh, this is what you did so thank you thank you so much Elizabeth thank and you. Um, thank you so much Don so her name is Don she wrote it oh yeah um, thank you Don um, so yeah uh, Elizabeth really thank you so much for, for today's call that was so special really really loved it um, love the discussion and the information that you gave us today. That was really um, eye-opening of, of about the possibilities that, that are available to us as we walk this path of like connecting more and more to ourselves and um, to our like trying to activate our third eye um, and tap into those multidimensional um, experiences and dimensions which is really, really exciting. Um, really, thank you so much for that. Thank you for um, the answers and the guidance that you gave to our audience through the Q&A, and also thank you for the package, uh, which is really, really powerful. So very grateful to you, uh, Elizabeth. Thank you so much. Thank you, Mansev. Thanks for the opportunity to help answer some really deep and very important questions. I think they were all perfect, and yeah. certainly happy to help people um, hang out with me on this journey because, hey, I'm not done. And there's more to be seen and more to be experienced. But the fact that we're capable of this, it's something we can be constantly measuring in our reality, be 
be your own spiritual scientist. Notice what is the next step for yourself, and you'll always succeed in this beautiful experiment where we're discovering what is love and what is not love, because that's what we're here for. The purpose is the same, and all of us have that wonderful body. This beautiful body is our greatest tool and we're grounding all of these higher dimensional realities into the 3D. And that's what we're here to do. And we're going to watch change happen very fast if we each focus in on the self, focus in on you and your experience. Go deep inside and notice what shows up in your awareness. The source field is constantly talking to you. And as you get better and practice more, remember, you're building your muscle and you're keeping it nice and strong. And as you keep it nice and strong, you're going to perceive more. You're going to have more ability to zoom in and out of different layers of reality and affect change in ways that your soul is so ready for. That's what we're here to do. And I'm very glad. Thanks for letting me share. And I just love your field. And I'm so grateful for you, Monsef. Oh, thank you to you, Elizabeth. Like, really grateful to you. And it's always an honor to have you here with us. So thank you so much for thank the time you. you spent with us and uh, everything you shared and also everyone really thank you so much for being here with us today for the time you spent with us for the energy that uh, your beautiful energy that you shared with us really thank you so much for that thank you for your great questions so yeah thank you again everybody and i'm sending you so much love and see you on the next call bye-bye everyone namaste if you'd like to listen to live episodes and interact with our speakers, you can go to yourdivineuniqueness.com. Your, Y-O-U-R, divine, D-I-V-I-N-E, uniqueness, U-N-I-Q-U-E-N-E-S-S.com.